Good morning. Yeah, all right. Aw. It's nice to see you too. Okay, here's what I want to do. My name is Derek Skinner. I'm the high school minister, so that means we're going to start off by playing a game. But before we do, um, let me go ahead and pray and we'll jump in. All right, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for the opportunity to, to be here and to be used by you. Thank you so much for Jesus for the life he brings, the promises he brings with him too. I pray, God, today that your spirit would be moving in me to speak through me. You are the vine, I am a branch. And help me to live out the same words I teach. So, Father, I love you. It's in your son's name. Amen. All right, so we're doing the, this is the series finale of Exodus. And what's funny is we're looking in the book of Deuteronomy, so ha, ha, ha. Um, But to do this, since it's a series finale, I got a game. Youth minister, ha, 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 ha. Um, here's the game. Well, this is famous TV show finales, like the, the last episode. I'm going to give you a hint. I want you to guess and see if you can tell me what TV show it is. So we're going to see who watches a lot of TV. All right, here we go. Number one, a man wakes up from a bad dream, really believes the whole TV show was a dream. New heart, Bob Newhart. So we're going old, old, new, you'll get it. Here we go, number two. This is a comedy where four friends are being held in a prison cell. Seinfeld, all right, my people. Here we go. After being left at the altar, the main actor of this show shuts off the lights and closes this Boston bar. Cheers. It's right here. Somebody is over here, and they are nailing it. That's what I'm talking about. All day, baby, all day. Dwight and Angela's wedding. The office. Hey, hey. This is a good one. My wife and I, we love this show. An empty apartment as this group of friends have one last coffee together. Friends. Anybody friends fan? Anybody have friends? Okay, good. At least some people. All right, let's see if you can get this one. Ooh, this will be fun. Dorothy marries Lucas Hollingsworth and gives two final goodbyes to her friends. Here's the friends' names. This will help. Rose, Blanche, Sophia. Oh, God, God, God. Now we get it. Okay. Okay, here we go. Everyone on the island was dead? Question mark? Lost. I don't, I didn't ever see the end. That's not my thing. This one, let's see, it's an older show. The cast walks out of the WJM TV singing, It's a Long Way to Tipperary. Not WKRP. I heard that one last time. Nice try, it's close. Mary Tyler Moore, the Mary Tyler Moore show. All right, we're back, we're back. Two left, this one is probably one of my favorite shows growing up. Everyone moves out of the Banks Mansion. Fresh Prince, that's my jam. And then, this is the last one, last one here. It's the end of the Korean War and a heartfelt goodbye written in pot. Let me finish! I try so fast, like I can't get through the thing. It's MASH, MASH, you remember that. Hawkeye, BJ, you get the idea. Does anybody watch the Oscars? See, nobody raises their hand when I ask that. Not too many people, okay? Me either. I mean, come on. No. Um, I watched it this one time, and it seems like every time I do see it, it's during this one part where they do the in memory of, like here's all the people who'd passed away in the last year, and it's kind of just reminding ourselves and reflecting on what they've done. And honestly, it always leaves me sad, which it should. It should. For two reasons one of which is just my initial thought right from the get-go. Number one, it makes me sad because, you know, you're going to be remembered for acting like somebody else. I think that's 
kind of humorous and sad. But really, number two, what gets me is I look at it and say, I can remember you in your prime. Burt Reynolds, you're smoking the bandit. I remember that show. But then I see this and I'm thinking, that didn't seem like that was that long ago. And yet, here it is. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can remember you and your prime and where it's come down. And it just makes me realize, it makes me feel like it's so futile. Like life is not going to last very long. I want to read this, and this is from this is from a professor from college, Dave Wheeler, if you if you remember him or know him. But it's this. This is Gordon McDonald. He writes this dominant questions in the decades of our lives, and Wheeler taught this. He said, In your 20s, you ask this: what will I do with my life? Around what person or idea will I organize my life? Your parents are probably wondering the same thing. What are you gonna do with your life? Amen. In your 30s, you ask this: how far can I go in fulfilling my ambitions? And who is a part of my primary community? So you're trying to figure out that friend group, circle of friends. In your 40s, you ask this, why do I seem to face so many uncertainties? Why are my limitations beginning to outnumber my options? In your 50s, who are these young people who want to replace me? (laughs) And what do I do with my doubts and fears? In our 60s, I see you back there. When do I stop doing the things that define me and what's yet to be accomplished? 70s, what can, I, what can I contribute? And do I have value in the eyes of others? Does anyone know what I once was or what I once did? In the 80s, it goes, 80s, 90s, you keep going, and now we're talking final stage of life questions. What happens when I die? And most importantly, what kind of a legacy am I leaving behind? And as I looked at those questions and I thought about these movies and the series finale stuff, it made me realize this idea. You guys know what this is. Baton. And it feels like my life is summarized in this little image or symbol. Hopefully this sticks with you as you leave. But it makes me realize. I, I, let's see, Leighton, you run. You run and you run the what? Four by one? Four by one. So it matters for you. It matters how not only fast you run, which I'm assuming you're pretty fast, Maybe. Depends on what you did, right? I got to get away. Um, (laughs) But here it is, right? Like, you got to run fast, but it really matters. That handoff, if you don't get it well, then that can hurt your whole team. It can hurt you how you run and how it just, it has ramifications. And I feel like this is my life. I can work so hard and do so much, but eventually I have to hand it over to the next. They have to pick it up and run. And it matters not only how I run my race, how I set them up, but it matters how I hand it off, Right? Today, we're finishing our series, and we're talking about Exodus, but it's really, this is the the final word and testament, if you will, of Moses. Moses is getting ready to hand it off. So if you've got a Bible, go to Deuteronomy, chapter 1. Moses is getting ready to make a handoff and pass the baton on to Joshua. Now, Deuteronomy, as you're flipping there, Deuteronomy is kind of laid out in three sections, okay? Section number one, this is Moses reflecting on the past and where they've been. Because I think if any of us were on our deathbed, we're going to go there. We're going to say, remember the past. And if you want to encourage your kids or your family members, you'd probably say, learn from my mistakes. Well, you're going to see they made some mistakes. Then you get to this middle section. And in the middle section, what you're going to see is Moses expounds upon the laws that have already been laid out. Okay? Then the final section, this is his farewell. This is his swan song, man. This is the last hurrah. And he, he, he then encourages Israel, he encourages Joshua, and then he is no more. So what we're really going to focus on, I want to focus on the first and the last sections of this letter, okay? So if you don't know the history, 
We know that Israel was slaves in Egypt. And through miraculous signs and wonders, God, using Moses as his kind of main man, helped Israel move out of slavery and into freedom. But we also know that that was not easy. They wrestled with God over and over again. They struggled, they grumbled, they complained, whined and dined, I guess you could say, all the way through the desert until they get just to the edge of this promised land. And then we're going to pick up. This is Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 21. Moses reflecting on the past. He says this. They're right at the edge of the promised land. He says, see, the Lord your God has given you the land. So go up and take possession of it as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, told you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Then... All of you came to me and you said, let's send men ahead to spy out the land for us and bring back a report about the route we are to take and the towns we will come to. In other words, if you're a coach, this is a scouting report. And it makes good sense. If, if, you know, I want to see where they're strong and where they're weak. I want to know the best route to take so we can win. And it's a good plan. So much so, look at verse 23. The idea seemed good to me, so I selected 12 of you, one man from each tribe to go. And they did. They spy out the land. They see the land's good. They bring back some of the fruit. Verse 26. But you were unwilling to go up. You rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. You grumbled in your tents. Verse 28. Our brothers have made our hearts melt in fear. They say the people are stronger and taller than we are. The cities are large, walls up to the sky. Verse 29. Moses says to him, Don't be terrified. Don't be afraid. The Lord, your God, who is going before you, will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt, before your very eyes and in the wilderness. But, verse 32, in spite of this, you did not trust in the Lord, your God. And because of this, he sends that entire generation back out into the wilderness, right? And he tells them, look, you didn't trust me. I'm going to take you to a place you have to rely on me, the desert. You're going to need food. You're going to need water. I'll take care of you, but you're going to have to rely on me. Unfortunately, you're going to have to learn this lesson in the desert, and you're going to die there. But eventually, your kids are going to come, and they're going to come right back here to the edge of the promised land. And they'll inherit it, but you won't. So let's see what he says to the kids. Verse, I'll go to chapter 31. Chapter 31, he's saying this to, to Israel first and then to Joshua. Israel first, then Joshua. Chapter 31, verse 6. Here we go. He says this to Israel, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified of them because the Lord your God, he goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Then in verse seven, Moses summons Joshua and he says just to Joshua in the presence of all Israel, be strong and courageous for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Flip to verse 23. Now this is God talking to Joshua. The Lord gave this command to Joshua, son of Nun, be strong and courageous. Do you see something repeating? Anybody? Okay. For you will bring the Israelites into the land I promised them on oath, and I myself will be with you. Moses, taking an example from his past, saw where they struggled and said, this is the one thing I want you to do right. 
Don't screw this up again, please. Listen, listen from a man who knows what I've been through. Listen, listen, listen. Do not be afraid. So here's what I want you to hear. And I think we know this, right? Fear can keep us from following. Would you agree? Fear can keep us from following God. We know that when we're in scary situations, we know how we respond. I'm gonna give a story, because we got time, right, Luke? You said, I can go, okay. There's a, a friend of mine, when I was in college, his name was Vaca Taimani. Dad, you remember Vaca? You do, okay? So Vaca, Vaca looks like uh, Dwayne Johnson, like The Rock. But I think Moana, he's Tongan, right? Th- that is my, my buddy. So here's what happened. There's this guy named Taylor Brown. Taylor, was gonna, he was gonna walk the professor's dog. He was house-sitting for him. So walk him in the morning, walk him in the evening. Well, Taylor forgot that one night. So he's with his, he's with his buddies, he's hanging out. He's like, oh, I forgot to go walk the dog. I'll be right back. So he leaves. His buddies then get together, and they're saying, we have a unique opportunity. Vodka, we need you. So Vodka, dressed in all black, while Taylor's out of the house, Vodka sneaks in the house. Vodka goes over to the kitchen. He grabs a knife because we're going to make this legit. He hides behind a couch. Taylor walks, Taylor is, so Vaca, you see the, the rock. Taylor's more like 120 pounds wet. You know what I'm saying? Like, just not, he's walking in the little yippy dog. I don't like yippy dogs. He walks in the little yippy dog, lets him off the leash, and then he's getting ready to turn on the lights. Now, here's the thing. We all know in a scary situation how we want to act. And we know how we actually act. So Vodka jumps out from behind the couch. I'm going to get you, sucker. And Taylor, the way he wanted to act was catch the knife, grab him by the throat, throw him to the ground, dial number one, tack yourself. He wants to do all those things. But how he actually acted was, I'm going to kill you, sucker. And I think it's just like his body stopped functioning. <laughs> and he did one of these, ah. Uh, you get it, because when you're scared, you act different, and you know this. Have you ever tried killing a spider? And you miss. You know, see, you've been there. Especially if it's over your head and it falls down and then you do one of these numbers. A little song and dance routine. Because when we're afraid, we act differently. And it can keep us from following. Fear can keep us from following. Here's the other part I'd say in this too, is God oftentimes takes you where it's scary, doesn't he? Don't believe me, let's go back through some of these stories here. Abraham, follow me, I'm gonna tell, I want you to go, I'm not gonna tell you where. Well, that seems kinda, hey Moses, you remember this time where you, know, you killed a guy in Egypt? I need you to go back to Egypt. Wait a second, I'm gonna need a burning bush. Boom, you got it, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, let's keep going. Elijah, prophets of Baal, Daniel, lion's den, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we got a fiery furnace. Jesus, you're going to come and no one's going to like you. You think that's easy? God oftentimes, go, go to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. We just talked about it with some of you guys. Matthew chapter 10. If you look at this, this is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. It's picking up momentum. Things are going well. Then you get to Matthew chapter 10. Jesus is getting ready to, like he's a popular guy. He's getting ready to send out his 12. He calls them to him and he says this, this is verse one. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and he gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. So far, sounds pretty fun to follow Jesus, right? Boom, you're healed, boom, you're healed, I don't know. But anyways, 
He tells him, go here, don't go there. Here's what you take, don't take this. Look at verse 16, I think we got it. Verse 16. I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Gee, that sounds promising. Verse 17. You're gonna be flogged in the synagogues. Quick, sign up, everybody. Flogging was something that would kill you, possibly. Verse 19, when they arrest you, that sounds awesome, promising. 22, you're going to be hated by everyone because of me. 23, when you're persecuted. So Jesus tells them all these things that are going to happen. It's not bells and butterflies and rainbows, unicorns. Verse 26, look what he says. So do not be afraid of them. Let's go here, verse 28. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, if you're gonna be afraid, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Andy Stanley does a series called Follow. It's on Right Now Media. It's worth a a look. But he mentions this. And he says God wants to take every one of us to that point. He wants us to go to these scary places, the places where we're afraid You know why? Because he wants our trust in him to grow exponentially. Think about the disciples, they're on the boat, the water's going crazy, right? And they're thinking they're gonna die. And then Jesus wakes up and says, peace be still. And now who are they afraid of? They're afraid of Jesus. Like who is this that the wind and the waves obey him, right? They're afraid of him because now all of a sudden they have an appropriate, I guess you could say appropriate smallness and appropriate bigness of who God is. When you see who God is, and you know him, you know what he's promised, you know what he's done, that seems so small in comparison to where you could even say, I don't care if I die because I know how big he is. Let's do this. I want to divide the room. You see this aisle right here. My left side, you peoples. I want you, when I point to you, to say, I. Can you do that? I. That was good. One more time. I. Perfect. You sound like pirates. Aye, aye. Here we go. You guys over here, I want you to say, will. Say it loud. Ready? One more time. Perfect. I want you to hear this. Again, we're focusing on how big God is, the promises he gives. I'm going to throw a few out. You stay with me. It's going to be quick. I'm going to point quick. Say it loud. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. Rescue you. Redeem you. Restore you. Be your God and you be my people. Change that up right there. Ooh, breaks. How about this? Forgive you. Remember your sins no more. Give you the helper, the Holy Spirit. And you're going to do things you never even imagined because you're going to do it through me. Go back to the, uh, this is Deuteronomy 31. Right? What he tells Joshua, what he tells those people, right, to the Israelites. Let me go back there. Look at what he's he's saying. Look, be strong and courageous. You see that? Is it going to be up there? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified of them, verse 6. For the Lord your God does what? He goes with you. Does he say in that, um, hey, you're not going to have to fight at all? No, Joshua, you're still going to have to fight. That means scary is still coming. The the presence of fear is still going to be there. But what gives him the strength? It's the fact that God's going to be with me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. It's the promise of God that I rely on. I always have to come back to that. 
If you forget the promises of God, then don't be surprised if the things around you that are scary and terrifying begin to overwhelm you. Don't be surprised if God asks you to do something difficult that you back down because you've forgotten how big God is. And here's where it's at. For Moses and those people, they're at the edge of the promised land. And God has revealed himself over and over again. This is who I am, and this is what I will do. And here's the question we all have to work through. I'm going to point. Here we go. Are you ready? This is the question. Follow. Obey. And trust him. He wanted to remember. Moses wanted to make sure those people remembered. So he put up pillars, big rocks. He said, look, when you cross, put these rocks up, and I want you to ingrain on those, engrave in them the the law, so no one forgets it. I have these festivals that happen every year. Passover, Shavuot, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. I want those festivals always to be there so you can always remember who God is and what he's done for you. Every seven years, I want you to review the law. So you can hear again and again what he's done. Don't forget him. Because if you forget, you might not follow. So part of it, part of it is on us to run well. Right? That's the first part. We got to run well. Now go to Deuteronomy 6. This is the second part. Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, 4 through 9. Six four, he says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Here's the verse, don't miss it. Impress them or teach them to your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Don't forget God, but make sure, not only how you're running, that matters. How I run matters, but it also matters how you hand it off. Because if you don't do this one well, bad things happen. I want to share with you a story. Dad, Mom, I think you might remember this. When my grandfather, Grandpa Don, was still alive, I can remember sitting down in your all's basement. We were sitting down there, and we were watching the movie Saving Private Ryan. Do you remember that? Remember? We're sitting down in this basement, we're watching, and we watch Saving Private Ryan. Good movie. After it was over, we sat in the stillness, shows off, and then we asked Grandpa a single question. And it was, Grandpa, was that close to what happened? Like, can you tell me? Now, he fought in World War II. And he said, well, yeah, it was pretty close, but I fought in the Philippines, not in Normandy. So I don't, I don't know exactly, but that seems pretty accurate. And then Grandpa started sharing stories with us. He started telling us about what happened in the war and what didn't. And here's some things like, oh my God, and we were laughing and we're crying, and then he gets to this one story, and then I walked into this cave, and I can't tell you that one. Now, as a kid, I'm sitting there like, come on, Grandpa, let's give me the details, buddy. But I'm also watching my father, who's sitting on the edge of his seat, because he hadn't heard the stories either. Now, it's not to knock, to, not to knock my grandfather, because not too many people want to talk about war but we do have a whole generation that's passing away that haven't shared their stories or we haven't heard their stories or you have, go here, go to Judges chapter 10 or 2 verse 10. Judges 2 verse 10. Judges 2 verse 10. 
Judges 2, verse 10, it says this. This is talking of Joshua. So he takes the hand off, they conquer the promised land. Listen to this. It says, after Joshua's generation, that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. And then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served Baal. In other words, Joshua was running just fine, but when it came to the handoff, he botched it. And it set, I mean, what he, the effects of that one thing, I didn't lead the next generation well. I didn't hand it off well. Because of that, they turn away from God. They've forgotten about God. Guys, my encouragement from Moses to you guys, to myself, is twofold. Number one, don't be afraid. God may be calling you to do something and you're terrified to do it. And I'm saying, do not be afraid. I'm not saying be stupid, but I'm saying don't be afraid. If God, you made this promise that you will be with me, you will never leave me, you will never forsake me, then why would I be so scared and why do I make this mountain fear when God is so much bigger? The same encouragement is what Moses gives us. Do not be afraid, be strong, courageous, and let's follow God. Number two, though, you gotta teach the next generation. You gotta remind them of what God has done. Because we gotta not only run our race well, but we gotta hand it off. Let me pray. Father God, thank you for everything you've done, how you continue to come through, how you continue to bless and remind and take care of. I pray, Father, that you would watch over us now, that you would help us go courageously, lead courageously, rely on you wholeheartedly, and when fear presents itself, overcome that with the promises you've given us, knowing it may not turn out the way we want, but we know you're bigger than that. You've overcome death itself. So help us take faith in the promises and confidence in the promises you've given. And help us make sure we teach the next generation and share our own stories as Moses shared his. We love you, and it's in your son's name. Amen.